politics Some culture and craft beer Politics And that is why you're here Politics Adam's up Welcome to Potoms Up. Fred and Blotto discuss the politics of today, the culture of our lives, and the beer of our state. Hello. Welcome to Potoms Up. This is Fred introducing episode 76, the spirit of 76. And with me as usual... Well, usually, usual is Blotto and Knobs. How are you guys doing tonight? Terrific. Couldn't be better. Lying through my teeth. <laughs> I was going to say that myself. <laughs> it's been a really stressful day. And as a matter of fact, the stress has finally gotten to me to the point where I'm getting like those little, um, like, uh, prismatic uh, triangles in my sight. They're kind of like floaties, you know? Floaters? Oh. Yeah. Yeah. It, 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 it's, I, I'm pretty sure it's like a stress thing or, you know, it's a migraine without the, without the headache. I don't have a headache. But. Well, I'm no doctor. Every, everything's kind of distorted right now. But I play one on a podcast. I, I prescribe a beer for you. So if what. Not two. I, one time I was, I, I told somebody that I, I, I had this, and they were like, oh, that's a detached retina. <laughs> and I'm like, what? And like, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's a detached retina. Don't listen to them. Listen I, to I, I went and saw an optometrist, and they said it's it, it's uh, usually just uh, eye strain. Strain or high blood you know? pressure? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't, have, I don't really have high blood pressure. For all, you know, my uh, shenanigans, high blood pressure is not one of my problems. But, that, but it was a stressful day, uh, spending half a day with my daughter trying to buy a car. Yeah. So, you know, I'm surprised I'm just not seeing red. <laughs> you buying another Subaru? Uh, no, no. She, she bought an Escape. Oh. Escape? Uh, okay, so now it's uh, your turn, Nobs. How are you today? You know, I was going to say that, you know, I'm kind of tired, like mentally and physically, but I really can't compare to what you've gone through. So car shopping with a uh, 22 year old. Yeah. 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 No, it's I'm doing great compared to Blotto. Oh, and <laughs> and on top of that, my son has COVID. Oh, oh no. frat boy's got COVID, does he? Probably the whole frat does, actually. Oh. That's wonderful. You know, it, it, it's not real. It is a hoax. So you must draw some solace from that. Yeah, 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 I do. Um, <clears throat> you know, I just what I told him. It's fake. It's all good. He, he, he had some mild symptoms uh, two days ago, and uh, that's when he got tested. He got the results today. He says he, he feels fine now. Um, but, you know, the guys in the house, there's a lot of them that are, are, are sick in a cold way, right? You know, and... Um, um, he said that it's been mixed results. His roommate in the, in the frat house also has it. So he said, they're just quarantining, have to wear a mask outside of your room. Uh, uh, and that there is a, um, uh, 
an outbreak happening at Michigan Tech right now. As in most schools. As in most schools, that's right. Anyways, 76. Kind of a boring year when uh, it comes to music as far as events. So uh, mostly what I dug up today was just some album releases that were of note. So I'll just nail them real quick and we'll move along. Um, The first one early on in that year was Frampton Comes Alive. For a while, I believe that was the uh, number one selling live album ever. But uh, did a little looking around and I... Garth Brooks took that uh, away from him. Uh, <laughs> isn't that weird? Isn't that sad? Um, you know, but I, I, I think that the Frampton album, not the Garth Brooks album, is of significant import in the music world. Yes, yes. Um, because it, it, it put a guy on the map with a live album that I, I, he wasn't unknown. But he, but but the live album rocketed him, yeah. and it almost put live albums sort of into vogue. Everybody started doing them. Yeah, yeah, and um, you know, uh, it, it was probably released before uh, uh, Silver Bullet Live, right? No, it wasn't. I believe that's 74. No. No? Well, I, we'll we'll look that up here, but Knobs. Live Bullet, Bob Seeger and Silver Bullet Band. Go. Go I want, I, I, I want to say 76. 76. Hmm. April. Uh, <laughs> oh wow. But um so but but anyway, uh I mean I mean I, I would say both those albums took stars and you know, made stars. <clears throat> I wonder if Kiss benefited as well, because Kiss Alive, that first album, was pretty huge. Plus, it has my sister's uh, <laughs> dating group on the back. Uh, and we there's a connection on the Bob Seger back album cover too how's that uh those guys were uh breaklicans aren't weren't they or on the inside cover of live bullet yeah i didn't know that i'll have to look at it i believe there something mm-hmm. kiss alive was 75 really mm-hmm. but kiss was already a thing yeah i guess they, they were already a thing Okay. Yeah. The other albums of note that came out was the Ramones debuted their first album just called The Ramones or Ramones, not even The Ramones. Boston had their first album named Boston. And the Eagles released Hotel California, a huge record for them. So yeah. some some pretty well known albums came out in '76. No one of note died, so kind of <laughs> it was kind of slim pickings today. Um, Fred, I'm disappointed. I know, I know. There, there's another album that was released in '76 that I'm surprised you didn't mention. 
What? Twenty-one twelve. That wasn't on my website. I was looking at. It's on mine. Holy shit! Twenty-one twelve. I quit. <laughs> I'm not doing my job. <laughs> I love that album. As you might. Yeah, I was. I was so surprised. I totally expected you to talk about it. Uh huh. I either I missed it or it wasn't on the site I was looking at. I will have to go back and check that too. I got a lot of checking to do. A lot of fact checking. A lot of fact checking. But it's time for beer. It's beer 30. It's beer 30 and knobs procured and shared the wealth of beer with us this week. So we'll allow him to kick that part of the show off. I procured this one like months ago. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, I'm glad we're finally getting into it. This is a Midland Brewing Company Copper Harbor Ale. Uh, 5.3% 14 IBU. Uh, it says your ship has come in a can. Right. Yeah. So it says it's going to be a sweet, toasty malt character with a rich copper color. I I can't imagine. I would not like this beer. Mm. I have high hopes. I really uh, do. So do I. Um, and one of the reasons my hopes are high is because I've been wanting to drink this beer. Um, but already I'm disappointed. Why is that? Color. Is it not dark enough for you? No. No, not at all. Hmm. I mean, it's a copper color, right? So it's, it's hitting on the copper. I just kind of thought it would be a, a deeper beer. I mean, maybe it could be a few shades darker, but I kind of like the color. Um, you know, nice uh, amount of head on it. <clears throat> so I, I've been wanting to try this beer, and I have not until just now. But I did just tap a keg of it yesterday. <laughs> that is so weird. <laughs> and and like you, knobs, uh, we've had this keg uh, up up at the brewery for probably three weeks or more. And I haven't had a, a, a tap to put it on. Well, we could help you with that. And uh, well, I helped myself because I I had this uh, f- the Founders Red Eye Red IPA, mm-hmm. and um, nobody was drinking it. And so I took it upon myself <laughs> to pretty much. Um, uh, drink all 75 pints uh, <laughs> out of that keg. Well, uh, you might have had that for three weeks, but I think I've had this for about three months. Um, so, uh, it's proportional though. It's, it's a keg. So I, I, I finally had a uh, room to put it and then I, I, I was able to tap it yesterday, but then uh, I was uh, shortly thereafter driving back um, from the brewery, so I didn't. Um, uh, I didn't. I didn't pour myself even a taste. Um. So, but what do you think? Um. Well, 
maybe my expectations were a little too high. Because it could be, I think it goes along with the color. I just was expecting something a little bit more malty. I mean, it's a very drinkable beer and it tastes good. I just had a different expectation on it. Because of the because of the description of the beer and the very low IBUs, I kind of was expecting, um, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, just. I thought it was going to be a little little bit more hardy. I, yeah. I don't know why. I maybe the copper thing put that thought in my mind. I, I expected a little bit more body to it, where it's the the viscosity of it is a thin beer. You know what I mean. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I'd like a little bit more texture, body to it. It's a little thin for me. Uh, I mean, very drinkable though. Yeah, it's very drinkable and it's tasty. And uh, you know, I, I know I'm going to put it in the for me category. Still, it's just a, a, t- a tad disappointing. Would I order another one? Absolutely. Well, <laughs> will will I help myself? <laughs> Absolutely. Um, yeah, I'm on the fence between a, a for me and a meh. I, I get what you're saying 100%. I wish there was a little bit more to it. Very drinkable, but I, I don't know if I see myself buying any more. Um, I was I was curious. I, I was I, I mentioned the founders Red Eye Rye, which is very good IPA, right? Um. And that was a pretty pricey beer. So my 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 pint price on that was seven fifty. Um, I sold forty five pints for a net of three hundred and thirty seven fifty. So if I take three thirty seven and I divide it by forty five. Um, Oh, that doesn't make sense. All right. That says I paid for all my own beers. I shouldn't have done that. (laughs) Or there's something else that's... Okay. So that's not right. I'm going to splice in some, like, old-timey calculator. Okay. okay. (laughs) So... Just so the audience has something to actually be entertained by. Uh, all right. <laughs> you know, I, 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 it did better than I thought. I generated $300 worth of revenue. So divide that by 45 and that's 667 a pint. So I didn't, I didn't drink as much as I thought I did. I just, I guess I always felt like when I was up there, I was working on getting rid of that keg. What was the, what was the name of the beer again? Founders Red Eye. Red Eye. Or, or Red Red Rye. Red, Founders Red Rye IPA. Do you know the name of that would make me not want to drink it? Because of the rye, and it makes me think of rye whiskey, and I'm not a fan, and that would keep me away from that beer. Just that that word. Yeah, but the, like, the, like the barrel ageness of it, I thought was really, really subtle. Um. But I, I, I forget the exact reason that I purchased it. It was I needed something to fill in. I needed another IPA. So I went with it. And in the end, it was kind of a fail. Fred, I thought the founder's name would keep you away. Well, that, that was going to be my next comment. But I, 
I, w- I was done laying lumps on him. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I'm not. <laughs> anyway, back to the Carper Harbor. Where are we at? We, uh, everybody gave their two bits in? I'm thinking it's a meh for me right now. I, I'm not, I, Nothing about it's exciting me, so I'm going to call it a meh. It goes well with sushi. <laughs> Room temperature sushi? <laughs> yeah, more or less. My whole life is room temperature. My life is room temperature sushi. <laughs> and lukewarm beer. Ooh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so what's going on in the world these days? Well, let's just start with most recent, right? Yeah. We'll work backwards if we want to. So the party and the president that are most consumed with people voting illegally by mail did what this week? They had a little rally in North Carolina, and they encouraged the North Carolina maggots to participate in voter fraud and break the law and vote twice, once by mail and once at a polling station. Is that what you were getting at? Yeah, it's it, it's incredible, you know? And again, he does it in the wide open, right in plain view, and everybody is just so numb to him breaking laws. and Or suggesting such. breaking laws or pissing on the democracy that we are supposed to have. It, it's, yeah. It. I don't believe it was suggesting that he people should break the law. I believe North Carolina law reads that you, you can't suggest to people to break the law in voting more than once. <laughs> Something to that effect. It, are, it, you, are you saying he broke the law by what he just, what, by what he said? I believe that was what they were saying, and he was encouraging them to break the law. And in doing so, I believe he may have broken the law as well. Well, I mean, I, I, I go back to that low bar for impeachment. Anytime that you're asking, anytime a president is asking people to break the law, <laughs> whether that particular incitement is illegal or not, it is certainly impeachable. It is not, uh, you know, uh, uh, with, with with being, um, you know, upstanding and uh, uh, true to uh, the Constitution. And isn't he being a broken record lately calling himself the law and order candidate? <laughs> but I like, yet, he continues to break the law and encourage others to break the law. And, and it's just, it's just mind boggling that they have these concerns, but yet they don't want to do actually anything about them. Like if you're concerned about voter fraud by mail, work with Congress. Work with governors. 
work That's in why. places like yep. Colorado who have had, what, 10, 15 years of almost voter fraud free mail in elections, that, including they, a Republican governor. That's all they do there. What was it? Utah's the other state that's had it for 15, 20 years. No problems at all. So, why don't they go to these places where it's successful and they've managed to run it properly and learn from them and make it national policy? And maybe, just maybe, just maybe it would work. And when yeah, I think there's work, five states total that only vote by mail. Yeah, I think Colorado and Utah were the, the big two. Yep. Uh, Hawaii, Oregon, and Washington. Yeah. They've been doing it. Does it say how long they've been doing it for in, in whatever you're looking at? Washington uh, doing it a while now. What's that, Blotto? Washington's been doing it a while. Yeah, that's what we're saying. Uh, I don't have the dates, but I'm pretty sure it's like 10, 15 years. Well, I know for sure it's been at least 10 in. Uh, Colorado, and definitely more than that in Utah. And you, you want to know, you, you, we're talking about the law and order candidate. Take it a step further. You have the top cop in the country, Peter Griffith, being interviewed. Was that Wolf Blitzer interviewing him? And he would not say that voting twice was illegal. He he said he wasn't sure if it was illegal. Right, he said he didn't know the law in North Carolina. He he said he wasn't sure. I mean, what? Take a, take a guess that it might be illegal to vote twice. This is the the attorney general of the country and he either he's just being ignorant and and being combative that's why he answered that, or he, or he really doesn't know, and then he's totally unfit to be the top cop in the country. Well, he's shown time and time again he's unfit. And, and when I heard the comments, uh, several comments from that interview, I, I, I just once again got infuriated with the Democrats in Congress and the Senate. H how did this guy ever get confirmed? I think he had a lot of people fooled. I, but really, I mean, they didn't know who he was. They didn't know he was a partisan hack. And I, and I remember them saying that he wasn't a partisan hack when they were going to confirm him, okay? That he has a long history of bipartisanship or whatever. I would say bullshit on that. They didn't want to push back. I mean, I mean, that's where, you know, that's kind of where that, Old school Washington, um, you know, boys club, if you will, I think still exists, Democrat, Republican. So, so I mean, so many people that went to work for, for, uh, for Trump, the Democrats would always say, oh, this person is a good person. And uh, it doesn't ever turn out to be that way. And I don't think Peter Griffith has changed. What about Griffin? Whatever. <laughs> I don't think he's... <laughs> wasn't quite sure that's good Peter Griffin or a bad SpongeBob. Well, okay. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's another splice in for you, Nobs. <laughs> oh, I got splice in uh, Family Guy? Okay. Yeah, family Guy laughter. All right.
I'm gonna do some <laughs> <pot. laughs> That's right. Um, <clears throat> anyway, um, yeah, I, I, I don't know why there's not more of a movement to, to impeach him. Would it work? No, but so what? Do He's your job talking, again. Talking about Barr? Yeah. Oh, they, I don't know. I don't know why they didn't do it when he basically. Lied about Mueller report. Right off the, the Mueller report right out of the gate. Yep. Yeah. I never understood why they didn't go after him then. And now look what we got. Yeah, it, it, it's... Uh, Sanity. And it's it, it's just incredibly dangerous. And and for the, for the people on the right, the Trumpsters of the world who think, oh, you know, he's on our side, uh, they have, they, they're just plainly ignorant. They don't understand how the ramifications of it affect them as well. That's what I mean. That's the ignorance. Yep. I mean, yeah. You know, as as Trump continues to try and uh, be more fascist and push his administration into fascism, um, you know. The, the people that have aligned themselves with Trump think it's great. You know what I think? I, I think they believe that if they vote for him, that they're going to be treated differently or better, and that the the Democrats or the people who didn't vote for dumbass will be the ones persecuted and punished. But that's not how fascism and authoritarianism works. It, it's all about the guy at the top and everybody else falls in line and gets treated just as shitty across the board. And they're so ignorant and they're so brainwashed and so weak minded that they don't see any of it. And, and all the things that they say that they want to preserve and that dumbass is going to provide and protect and all that kind of crap are all the things that they're going to get taken away from them but they're just too ignorant, stupid, whatever. I don't pick your adjective. That's what they are. And, and they're going to lose. They, they are voting against themselves. <laughs> and that's what they always do. But what, what has he done for them? Just giving them license to be assholes like he is. Uh, that's, that's, basically the, that's the biggest gem in the crown. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's not one of those things that they would admit. Right. I mean, that's they're, they're not going to admit that's what they like about them, that they get to be assholes. Yeah, but that's that's I, I think you uh, you nailed it. That's pretty much all that he has given them. I, I can't think of anything else. Tremendous amounts of debt. He gave them that a poultry oh. uh, tax break. Paltry. 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 Poultry. Poultry. <laughs> it's chicken shit. That's why. <laughs> oh, we're all about the sound effects today. I got a million of them. I could be Jerry Seinfeld back. Uh, uh, well, I, I mean... Uh, I don't know. We we didn't put on our list the the the, uh, the campaign, um, but it is 
it is going to end here soon enough. And I don't know. What do you think? I mean, I, I, I know your optimism, Fred, but. Me? <laughs> Optimistic? <laughs> Surely you just. Well, I, I, I mean, Trump's going to lose. Well, I don't know. I, it, it, is it a 50 50 wager right now? I, if it was a fair and honest election, I would say Biden would win. But I don't know. I mean, look at the USPS, what a mess that is. Um, all, all this voter suppression going on, that, that's pretty much their game plan now is suppress as much as they can, confuse, muddy the waters as far as, you know, making people fearful of, is my vote going to even count? I don't know. Hmm. And who, who knows if he fights the results? I mean, if, if, they're not, if it isn't an absolute landslide, who, who knows what's going to happen? I, I don't trust the courts necessarily to do the right thing if it ends up there. I don't know. Vegas still has Trump as a favorite. That's scary. Just barely. 53-49 to 51-22. Say that again? Well, it's it's not it doesn't add up to 100 because oh. it's odds. Oh, okay. We'll so say it again. Trump's odds of winning are 53.49%. And Biden's odds of winning are 51.22. Oh, okay. Hmm. I, I'm on one thing that I'm looking at. Uh, someone else, there's another article that it's back to even. Uh, another article that it's back to even. You know, there's only been uh, two incumbents that ran for a re-election that were one-termers in the last, like, 80 years? That ain't good. <laughs> uh, right. Uh, you know, that's, that, that just shows you how difficult it is to remove a sitting president. Well, one of them was Bush, Bush right? Who was the other one? I don't even know. I mean, it's got to go probably, probably 80 years ago. Right. I mean, if, 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 the yeah. if the statistic I heard was in the last 80 years, there's only been two, uh, two incumbents that have lost. That would make perfect sense. So that would be in the 40s. Yeah. Um, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know about the fair election part. I mean, I, I'm still I'm still trying to. Just, you know, calm myself with regardless of what the, you, you know, regardless of what they say and, and what they attempt to do, it will be a fair election in terms of vote counting. In, in terms of people playing dirty pool, you know, like the Russians helping Trump, um, you know, that kind of thing can still happen. But in terms of vote counting, I, I, I wouldn't ever want to think that that's not going to be on the up and up. But don't don't you feel like all the meddling they've done with the 
the post office is done irreparable damage because mail-in vote was going to be huge for this election and i was all for it i plan on doing it but i don't think i'm going to anymore i'm gonna i'm voting in person and see okay so what do you what uh, i i i i I hear things like this, but to me, they're sort of like in the haze. Like, I, I got to live in the world of specifics, right? So what specifically will a slowdown in the mail system mean in terms of ballots cast and counted? If they don't leave, if they don't leave it open-ended where any ballot is postmarked. Well, that's every, every state has their own laws. That's, that's what I, I, every state has their own law. Some have to be postmarked before the election. Some have to be received before the election. Some are, you know, whatever, five days after the election or postmarked two days before. The, whatever it is, there are laws in these states. I know, but they, they cut off. They will cut. They, they will also cut off when they stop counting. They okay, don't so, go on forever. So know, know your state's laws and accommodate for that. Don't don't send your mail in voting five days before the election's over. People don't think that far ahead, Blotto. Come on now. Then 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 don't mail it in and, and go down to the poll. I, I I don't really see how these disruptions in the U, USPS necessarily affect the vote counting. I, I and and it, and it seems to me that it's I, I don't know I. Until someone would say to me, this is how it's going to affect affect votes, I, I just kind of feel like it is a little bit of, uh, you know, hair on fire kind of stuff. You know, because, again, you have to get down to specific states, you know. I don't know when I'm going to receive my mail-in ballot in, in Michigan. Did you? I did, I, so I, I, I got to say this. I applied for both the primary and the general for mail-in ballot. So did I. Okay, I but <laughs> I sent in my application after the primary. <laughs> okay? But the box was still checked for the primary. You can go to the Michigan.gov website and check your application status. See, I could do that. I'm assuming I'm going to get one, but if I if I didn't get one in, in a in a you know reasonable amount of time, then I would just go vote in person. You can and also go ahead. Of time, of, you can also go ahead of time to your county clerk's office and get a vote in person and do it right then and there. But there's a lot of people that can't get out. They were depending on right mail in thing, and if things get all buggered up at these post office. The votes are going to sit in the dark corner somewhere. And, not- and that's that's really what it's all about, is making voting as easy as possible. And mail-in voting via USPS should not be an obstacle. Well, it, it wasn't. It, it wasn't at one point, right. But it shouldn't be, ever. Uh, I totally agree. Uh, whatever. Uh- so, you know, the, the message I have is uh, just know your own state's laws, you know. I intend and, to get a mail-in ballot and hand-deliver it. And 
I also uh, would say, and, you know, I, I mean, maybe this is, this is, you know, gi giving the Republicans a way out or, or whatever, but, you know, do I want to, do I want to, do I want to win a close election? Of course. But to me, it should just be, you know, a landslide, right? You know, the close election is, uh, yeah, maybe that's going to go, you know, bad for Democrats because of cheating. But if it's so overwhelming, then the cheating won't matter. Oh, they just cheated more. Or better. <laughs> I think one thing that's very important to remember, though, while we're on this topic is we're likely not going to know who won the election next morning. There's going to be a lot of mail-in yes. ballots and they all need to be counted. And it could be several days to a week before we have actual confirmed results. And we need to be okay with that and ready to admit that that's okay. No, I, I we are, We're very used to instantaneous results and that's not going to happen this year. And that's okay. Okay, so I'm I'm on the, the state of Michigan voting website. I'm kind of clicking around here. It does not say when your ballot must be postmarked by. Yeah, it's not going to. It's what it's when they receive it at the clerk's office. It needs to be uh, there by I think eight p.m. on voting day. Correct. That's a failed system. Uh, I can see your understanding. It should be based on postmark date. So in that case, back to my other point about what what's how, how specifically can this affect mail-in voting? This definitely could, right? Yep. You know. Hey, it wasn't that... I, I think, yeah. I, honestly, I think the mail-in ballots, one, shouldn't require postage. This should, it should be prepaid postage. Of course. And it should be priority mail. It should be next day delivery. Why? It's only the, our election for the highest office in the land. Right. Yep. Yeah. So I think it can. I mean, I, I would have thought it would have been a postmark date. So, yeah, it's pretty bad. Yep. Uh, I, th I think things need to change and hopefully they will. And I hope this is a good launching platform for a much more uh, robust vote by mail system that will allow a lot more people to vote. Well, I mean, that's obviously what we should be moving towards. Yeah. You know? that, and again, that's my hope. Or we just hope for more mini strokes. <laughs> <laughs> or just one large one. <laughs> there, I said it. Yeah. Well, I kind of said it too. That's, that's generally not the way I roll, but I guess uh, – Fred, if you think that's the way we're going to have to win the election. <laughs> uh, what if he locks up on us? Well, I mean, just this this whole thing about that visit to Walter Reed. Uh, was it December? When was it? It was about the time they were voting for the House was voting on impeachment. So, so maybe November. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, okay. So December, January? I, I thought it was late in the year. 
didn't, didn't they vote in November? No. No, because that was when the elections were. Yeah, it must have been later. Um. Yeah. Uh, well, no, it was in November. Okay. So it wasn't while they were. It was during the impeachment process, but it wasn't during the. Uh, um. The actual impeachment. You know what I mean? It was during the investigations. Yeah, but he. Uh, we don't know what he went for, but the fact that everything is so secretive and we know that they would lie about anything and everything, it just then kind of says, okay, what was that visit about and what condition was he in? Well, th- they, they claimed that this one in the morning trip to Walter Reed was just one of the phases making up his overall uh, annual physical. That, that, that was one of the lies they rolled out there. And didn't they, isn't that where he also supposedly took that uh, cognitive test? <laughs> it Maybe. was. I believe yeah. that it, it was the same trip. And it's like, well, why are they giving him that? You know? Unless they thought either he had dementia or was stroking out on him, <laughs> I, I guess. And the, I mean, the funny, the funniest thing about all of this is that nobody asked him about having strokes. Michael Schmidt, I think he's from New York Times. I could be wrong. Wrote a book, and he. He had wrote about that trip to the hospital, you know, that no one still to this day is sure what what happened. But there was also the fact that, according to the book and the reporting, that they put Pence, pencil neck, on standby that he might have to be um, not sworn in, but take over duties of the president if dumbass had to go under anesthesia okay so when you go to your annual physical is there the possibility that you're going under anesthesia i've never been asked to do that how about you no no so anyways this comes out in this book in again no one says anything about strokes and then dipshit starts tweeting about never having a series of small strokes. <laughs> <laughs> and he, he, he not only put, he put out multiple tweets denying that he had any stroke. And then he had his personal doctor put out some kind of presser statement saying the same thing that he didn't have any incidents and there were no strokes and we didn't check him for strokes. Yeah. And it's like when a cop pulls you over for speeding and he says, do you know why I pulled you over? And you're like, I I wasn't planned to be the getaway car at that bank robbery just down the street. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, this guy is his own worst enemy and yet no one makes him pay for it. <laughs> But, you know, I mean, Trump's incompetence, incompetence has nothing to do with his medical faculties, <laughs> his medical condition. 
It has everything to do with his mental faculties, but not his medical condition. You know, I mean, I mean, I, I don't want to like go there with the dementia or whatever, but if he had some mini strokes, if any president had some mini strokes, I wouldn't be saying that's a reason to get him out of office. No, not if he's still capable and Correct. Whatever. Correct. Unless he can execute his duties per his oath and constitution, okay. Exactly right. But but the fact that they just would lie about anything and everything, then you yeah. just you, you you they almost create their own conspiracy theories. <laughs> they certainly fan the fires of them, that's sure. If they're not starting them, they're sure fanning the fires of them. But back to the campaign, because uh, I think I did mention that. Um, do you think that, well, I guess it's probably fact that Kenosha is now being used as a political backdrop? Seems so, the last couple of days. Everything's political. And, and well, I, I was going to say that, Nobs. And, and, you know, sometimes when people say things like, you know, that shouldn't be politicized, I think to myself, well, yes, it should. So I don't really care if things get politicized. You, you know, um, you know, if an unarmed uh, black man is uh, slain by police and all indications look like it shouldn't have happened, uh, let's politicize the heck out of it, right? Because it's politics that need to change that are going to put an end to whatever it is. You know, um, kind of like, you know, mass shootings, right? We don't want to talk about them because we got to, you know, send our thoughts and prayers. So then we never talk. Um, but I, but there was, I, I did hear an interesting comment about Biden's visit and I, um, uh, they, they were kind of, I think it was NPR, and it was interesting to see some of the, uh, maybe some of the, the, the bias in people's answers about it. Um, the president of the uh, NAACP of Kenosha uh, came out after Trump's visit and said that he doesn't think Biden should come, and went on to say that uh, neither one of them should have come to Kenosha, but doesn't say it before the Trump visit and says it after the Biden visit. What do you think, Fred? He said it after Biden was there? No, after Trump, before Biden. Oh, that's not what you said. Oh, I'm sorry. You you confused me there for a second. Throwing out trouble. But, yeah, uh, you know, so... He didn't accuse Trump of politicizing it, but he also may have not been asked. No. But then he comes out and says, Biden shouldn't come. And and so I just got to thinking, you know, okay, uh, he's accusing Biden of politicizing it. I, you know, of course, Trump politicized it too. Now, usually, when, usually politicians will politicize things in the same way. <laughs> This is the upside down world, right? The way Trump politicized Kenosha was completely different than the way that Biden's politicizing it. Yeah, they're definitely taking different tacks. Right? I mean, I mean, if it's like a mass shooting 
the politicizing is done kind of in the same way, right? We're going to feel for the victims, right? And we're going to try and get the community together. And they're both going to do that and, you know, meet the parents of the people that were killed and, you know, that kind of thing. But Trump politicizes the Kenosha unrest by basically just trying to uh, side himself with, you know, law enforcement and that law enforcement needs to, you know, do what they need to do without consequences. I mean, that's, that's, that's kind of what his shtick is, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's in, in many ways, that's kind of what the right believes that law enforcement should do. Um, again, it kind of screams of fascism, doesn't it? A wee bit. Yeah. A wee bit. Uh, and then, you know, Biden uh, goes and, and he tries to, to make it that community he- healing. Was it today or has it happened yet? Yeah, yeah, he went. Yeah. And yeah. he spent, I think, an hour and a half with the family of um, the guy who got shot. And I believe he's he didn't visit him in person. He, he was on the phone with that guy who took the seven bullets in the back. Uh-huh. And then when he was done with the family, he, he went to a church and then did an address there. So, yeah, it was a peace, love, and understanding um, visit for him compared to uh, fear, war, and death on the part of a dumbass. Uh, who puts himself in front of a uh, burned-out, vandalized building uh, and basically just talks about rioting. It's just a photo op. He needs that backdrop. I I love that the owner of the building uh, refused to stand with Trump for that. No, you're wrong. Well, the owner of the business. The owner of the building did agree did. to do it. The owner right. of the business. business refused to get yeah. in the middle of it. Yeah. yeah. It, that's just, it was just a photo op. Nothing more. Uh, and they, they want to por- portray that the whole country looks like that. You, you know, I, I, uh, I correspond with a guy. Uh, I think he lives in Thailand. Um I, I got to know him through our friend Dino, um, but I know he's also spent time. He's English, I believe, great or British. Uh, so I know he considers um, England home, and I think he spent some time in New Zealand too. And his impression of America right now is like every major city, a war zone. Yeah. <laughs> That's and, 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 I, and I cannot convince him otherwise. I, I one time uh, took a picture out of our from our front window that showed you know my peaceful little suburb, and sent it to him. And he's still like, you know, well maybe your area is like that. I'm like, no, no, this is this is America. This is the vast major, the vast, vast, vast majority of America. Cities, rural suburbs. 
downtown even, areas. Even if you took Portland as an mm -hmm. example, that area that all the turmoil has been going on is only square blocks. Yeah. It's not even, it's not even, it's a, it's a, a small portion of that big city. <laughs> and it's, it's actually been a contained kind of thing. It hasn't really grown and spread throughout the city, but they lead you to believe that the entire place is burning down like Terra and gone with the wind. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, uh, the same thing in Seattle. Yep. I mean, I mean, you don't, you don't think tourists are flocking every day to Pike's place in Seattle. I mean, I, and, and, and they're, they're, they're worried about getting, you know, run over by rioters and looters and protests. And, and Portland in particular is kind of an interesting city because I, I used to go there quite a bit. And the city center itself is much more sprawling than I even thought it was for the size of the city that it is. Like, I remember one time I found myself on like another part of downtown and I was like, wow, this is also Portland. Downtown Portland. So it is a rather big city. Uh, but the that, that's where the right-wing media is very successful. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And, it, it, I mean, if, if that guy in Thailand believes that, you know, well, I, I could tell you, up at the brewery, we talk to people. And when they hear my, my sister's from Seattle... They're like, oh, yeah, you had to get out of there. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, no, why would you say that? You, you know, <laughs> you know, but but it's effective. That's the problem. It's effective. I mean, we we live near Detroit. I don't see any smoke on the horizon. Do you? Uh, no, I mean, we go downtown tonight and, and have a wonderful time. We could. Go hit some breweries. <laughs> I, I see smoke on the horizon sometimes, but I live by Canada. And it's just the factories. Because <laughs> oh, Canadian factories are still producing. Because yeah. they got Justin up there. Yes. All right. Less than a mile away is freedom, Knobs. It's just one small kayak trip away. That's right. <laughs> You become a refugee. Political asylum. Yep, yep. There you go. Yeah, it's, hap it's happening in 2021. You just you wait. Yeah, <laughs> things don't go the right way. Huh? I'm going to be paddling right next to you. <laughs> it's going to be a bag of clothes, my laptop, and my kayak. <laughs> <laughs> and that's all I need in this ashtray. That's all I need. Yeah, because from there you just get you know government handouts from Canada, and you're fine. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. Free, free everything. Socialism. Yeah, buddy. Bring Bernie back. That's uh, a great hashtag. All right. <laughs> 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 hey, before we go, I, I, I thought, you know, we should probably practice the way we're going to uh, run this show and the opinions that we're going to share uh, if the Democrats take power, right? Right. We're we're an equal opportunity basher here, correct? Yeah. Uh, 
but we just don't have very much to go on anymore <laughs> uh, for the Democrats, <laughs> for, for politicians in general, unless they have an R or a T next to their name. Well, we did have a little incident this week that uh, I thought you were going to bring up. That, that, that's got a little, you know, it's, it's certainly blown out of proportion. But like I said, it's a little practice. Let's see how we handle some Nancy Pelosi, Pelosi, um, you know, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Scandal? Uh, yeah. Um, you know, I, that's not the word I was looking for, but I, maybe I'll think of it. Uh, it, it. It does make me laugh. I mean, it does. It, it does. It says as much about the one percent as it does anything else, right? Sure. I mean, she she makes a special appointment to go to her hair salon when they're not supposed to be seeing anyone. Makes perfect sense. And then they film it, which is the the whole story is also kind of bizarre. She said. I didn't read much on it, but every headline says she's claiming she was set up. And by the, the camera angle view that I saw, it looked like it was overhead. It sounds like she was set up, but I, I don't know. That's all they can get on her. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it led the news briefing today. It, it led the press briefing by the White House. And of course, the Trumpsters are going to eat it up. And again, because their their media apparatus is so much stronger than media that tries to be unbiased, it's very effective. Uh, but, I mean, obviously, she shouldn't have done it. Whether or not she was set up, uh, you know, who set her up and are they are they speaking? Well, you'd think, like, like a hairdresser's got to be in on it. Correct, right? I mean, where's there's a missing piece in here? Somebody must have said, okay. I, I mean, if my hairdresser would have called me up <laughs> and said, "Hey, if you want to come in for a private appointment," okay, first I would have been like, "Hey, you know what's going on?" But I might have to. <laughs> but, 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 yeah, I might like great. Right, I haven't hair haircut in three months. I'll be right over. Do I think I'm going to be the fall guy for not wearing the mask or not or, or breaking the rule? Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, she shouldn't have done it. That's obvious. But let's put it in perspective, and then let's also, you know, kind of point out well. Someone invited her. Like, I don't know if there's a, is there a, is there a tape of her calling them up saying, I, I demand that you give me an appointment, a private appointment, <laughs> because I'm Nancy Pelosi? I, I don't think so. You know, it's like Project Veritas. That's what, that's what, when I first saw this, I thought it was Project Veritas. Those clowns with the hidden cameras. I don't know who that is. Uh, yeah, you do. But anyway, I don't. 
they they go around trying to catch Democrats doing deplorable things. Oh, and they, they 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 film all this stuff um, about you know like they'll talk to some schmuck at some DNC office that says, oh yeah, Soros funds all of the protesters and pays for them, you know, and then they splash it all over Breitbart and Project Veritas, you know. Uh, reveals corruption in the highest levels of the DNC. <laughs> and then all of their shit gets debunked. <laughs> but they caught Nancy. Uh, that's what it seemed like to me. It's like that That's what I thought it was. But yeah. I don't know. I guess, you know. <laughs> it just cracks me up that that's what they get her on. I mean, really? And, and that's what they're leading with now? I mean, I, to, to play devil's advocate, but it, but again, uh, so what? What they're trying to say is this is the Democrats, that everything applies to other people than themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, so, you know, not going out or wearing masks. It's not about Nancy Pelosi. It's that she's elite. And so therefore the Democrats in the office or in the in the in the echelon of the democrats they're elites and the laws don't apply to them that's that's the larger narrative they try and spew but then when you look at it like okay but we're talking about a hair salon <laughs> and again I, I said this is this to me screams more of a problem with the 1% and not a party line you know yeah. You, you can bet Rand Paul is still getting his perms. His quaffs. <laughs> Good stuff. The, the one thing, I, I did see a real quick piece of tape on her, and they someone had asked her about the mask, why she didn't have a mask on, and she goes, I was getting my hair washed. Do you wear your mask when you're getting your hair washed? <laughs> uh, yes, I do, actually. <laughs> I did kind of laugh at that, but I, I, I kind of ignored the whole thing just because I thought, man, there's so much other stuff going on. And I, I don't really care if she got her hair washed or whatever, whatever. <laughs> I know. <laughs> That's, it's hilarious. Okay, busted. <laughs> you had Russian interference in the election. Go. <laughs> Your turn. So, all right. I'm out of beer. Yeah. Time for another one. I'm, okay. I'm, I, I am going to go for me on this one. Could be better, but it's still good. Yeah. I, I, it's a low for me. I started to kind of enjoy it towards the end. Went mm-hmm. down pretty smooth. I'm going to say not for me, and I still have almost half my glass full. I don't wow. know what happened, but mm. this beer took a turn for the worse with me and I just stopped. I may not have ever done that before <laughs> on the show. So yeah, not for me. Okay. Then Fred, uh, what else has knobs put into your trove? Let me check here. It's pink. It's very pink and it's called double dunes. From the Pigeon Hill Brewing Company in Muskegon, Michigan. 
Knobs, will you do us the honors? Fill us in on what this little beauty is. Uh, yeah, so it has, um, um, you know, the breast cancer awareness little ribbon on there. Uh, the bright paint kind of caught my attention as well. 9.2% double IPA also caught my attention. <laughs> yeah, as it did mine. Yep. Uh, but it says, together we can fight breast cancer. We do it for the fighters, the survivors, the sorely missed. And a little interesting tidbit on here. It says, due to Michigan law, it is illegal for us to say that, quote, proceeds from the sale of this beer will be donated, end quote. So we will not say that's what we are doing. Yeah, you know, when I read that, I, I thought back to uh, when we did the Healthcare Heroes yep. beer. That's the third reason I bought it, because that kind of, uh, yeah, I tied it back to the healthcare. We talked about them not donating when maybe or, they just couldn't say. Yeah, they just couldn't say. And now that I've read this, I remember um, some really crazy stipulations about Michigan liquor license laws. Hmm. And uh, this is like one of those almost like, what do they call blue laws? Like it's, it's, it's this thing that's been on the books that proceeds from alcohol cannot be donated to charitable causes. Oh, okay. And uh, you know, that if we wanted to, um, because it has, there's like a loophole or, or I should say a gray area in the law that's been interpreted in the most strict sense. Because when you're a, a licensee for liquor in the state of Michigan, liquor also being beer in this case, you are the only one that can profit from it. And, and, and so the, over time, they have read that as like no one else can get money from you, from your liquor sales. Not even a charity. Not even a charity. Uh-huh. Because they're really, really hung up on who owns the license. So when, when we set up our deal, there was the, the property holder of the brewery. And then there's the operating entity. And at one point in time, we kind of confused the two. And our liquor license lawyer just went gonzo. He was like, no, 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 you can't do that. You can't do that. You can never, ever confuse the two. You're operating the business, and that is the only entity that can take in revenue. And then, and then, and then he told us about how you can't even say you're going to forward some of that revenue over to a charity organization because then they're acting, air quotes, as the licensee. Crazy. And it's stupid. That's exactly what it is. It's just really, really stupid interpretation of the law because of probably really poorly written laws. Okay. So. Uh, one one yeah. last thing. Just oh, we're just get, getting started. No, getting back to the name of it. It's called Double Dunes and it's Breast Cancer Awareness. And did, you, did you notice it said save the dunes up on the top there with the hashtag? Uh-huh. Yep. So the dunes is a double meaning here. Without seeing, without seeing the can, you may not pick up on that. But you mean without seeing the cans? 
Ah, don't don't go there. Edit that yeah, out. I'm not. I'm not really. I don't. I don't think it's a great name. <laughs> I'm not really on board with the with the way they're playing this up. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm being overly sensitive, and and uh, you know, certain people, even you know, those inflicted, see maybe the humor in it, and you know. Is it a little douchey? I don't know what to think about it. I I, I just think a better name. Well, okay. First of all, it's really not a double entendre because what else would it mean? Like, it, you know, we're not trying to actually save the dunes either. <laughs> like if, if part of the proceeds were going to breast cancer and part of the proceeds were going to, you know, the eroding the sleeping bear sand dunes in Michigan. I guess I would understand that, but I don't think it is. So it's 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 trying to be clever, but still, but still, it's not. So I, I would have gone a different direction with it. Uh, there is a savethedunes.org website. Oh, I'm sure that there is. In fact, yeah. I, I, I put in hashtag save the dunes, and there's yeah. a bunch of nonsense up here about it. But, but uh, it's more in uh, Indiana, Northwest Indiana. So yeah, that's um, a sleeping bear, isn't it? No, no, sleeping bear. no, sleeping bear. You're Muskegon. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, there you go. Yeah, um, P- Pigeon Hills in Muskegon. Muskegon's not anywhere near the sand dunes. You said it was. I just said it. It's over there on the west side somewhere. He thinks he's at the tunnel of trees. <laughs> it's right Fall next back. to it. It's right next to that. That's in Indiana. <laughs> Uh, anyway, what do you guys think of the actual beer, not just the can? Pour it up. You didn't pour it yet? Fred, you're slipping. Um, Blotto, you're going to hate it. Uh, that, don't be so surprised. I mean, that I am surprised. Well, let's just see. Okay. You know, it poured very nicely. I got uh, about uh, three quarters of an inch. Of head, is this the color that you wanted in the Copper Harbor? No, this is the color of the Copper Harbor. <laughs> really, I thought it was a little bit darker. I'm... You think this is darker? Yeah. No, it's hazier. Oh, I, I hazy creates oh. darkness. And and there's sediments. I didn't roll, but there's plenty of sediment in my in my glass. But that's all right. Um, you, you know, when going back to the name, I wanted to add when I was at. Uh, out with my daughter today, she said, I don't know, we passed by some restaurant and she said, I have a friend that works at Twin Peaks. Do you know what that means? <laughs> it's a TV show, right? And, uh, and that's kind of what I thought about, you know, with the dunes. Double dunes. <laughs> there, there are better names. I, I think they swung and missed on that badly. <laughs> All right, but to the yeah, beer—that's yeah. what's important. To the beer. Uh-huh. Yep. Oh, they also uh, have a, a, uh, many printed names on here, so I would imagine um, they are people that have been inflicted. So that's all. I would imagine cool. so. Yep. Yeah, and it's, that, and it's cool. a long list, sadly. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Uh, it's it's quite hoppy. Um, but there's a sweetness to it for sure. Mm-hmm. 
a little bit. Uh, it's it's got a lot more body than the last beer. I like the aroma too. Yeah, I, it's got a presence to it. I kind of like it. Really? Yeah. I thought this would be an anti-blotto beer. I cracked one of these open the other day, and I didn't really like it. But number two here is, it's doing something. I like it. I think I've we just been I've been without a beer for so long that I had to readjust to it. Fred, you haven't uh, weighed in yet. Well, I'm not quite sure what I think about it. Quite honestly, it it seems like a confused IPA to me. I I'm just not picking up anything distinct flavor wise, so I'm not quite sure what to think about it. Um, I I I guess I, the sweetness made me think. You know, there's some caramel in it. And uh, maybe uh, banana peels and nutmeg. <laughs> I don't know. I've been waiting to say that for 76 episodes. I guess so. Oh, it was well worth the wait, too. <laughs> Woo! I don't know. I. Hmm. It, it, it could be... The second beer, I'm not really sure, but uh, I do, I do think this finish is pretty clean. I, I'm not getting a lot of linger, and that's what I like about it. Yeah, it does finish clean. I didn't really notice that at first, but now that you mentioned it, it, well, it doesn't linger because I'm able to. I've already had maybe six sips. Yeah, you know, I I, 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 I keep hitting it. I keep hitting it. And I think the 9.2 is already taking effect. <laughs> I'm waiting for that. It, it won't take long. At least not for me, but, you know, I had a yeah. late dinner. Just, just what, some raw fish. Whatever that sweetness is, I don't like it. So mm. it's, 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 it's not tickling my fancy here. The IPA guy is not that happy with it. A, a total miss for yeah, you this uh, for this two week, Fred. Yeah. Wow. Maybe I have COVID and my, my uh, sense of smell and taste is gone. Uh, that's the one thing that my son wishes he would have uh, experienced. <laughs> Never lost smell or taste, which is really all I asked. <laughs> Oh boy. I, I guess if you've never experienced that, right? If you've never had the sensation of not having smell or taste, the ability, it would be interesting to have that. Yeah. Because you can't fake it. <laughs> did Did you happen to see uh, Shuey's sister's comment? I believe no. it was today. You know, she had it. Their whole household, I believe, had it pretty good. And she made a comment about um, 
that symptom returning. Hmm. Her sense of smell and taste are all screwed up. We were at a restaurant or a, a brewery or something, and uh, she she said that you know it it that that symptom has sort of come back. So so she's sitting there trying to enjoy the beer or whatever it was that she was partaking in, and uh, that symptom popped up again. So hmm. hanging on. Thought that was interesting. Yeah. So. Yeah. Right now, this one is not for me. I, I don't really have much to say about it. So. That is my judgment. Yeah. Well, you know, we know you reserve your ability to change your judgment. I reserve the right. ability to change my judgment once the alcohol kicks in, right? <laughs> Correct. <laughs> All right. Hey, I got I got to uh, tell you a story uh, that happened this week, and I thought how how wonderfully, but also how uh, annoyingly uh, Michigan this was. Uh, so my my sister has relocated from Seattle and uh, moved uh, to the Thumb area, and she needed a vehicle. So uh, she was shopping for a vehicle using my car and then returning to her home on a rainy, dark evening just two nights ago. She hit a deer. Pure Michigan. And when she, with my car, so that's how I'm affected by this. <laughs> and she's fine. No, uh, no harm to her. And I, you know, I mean, I, I wasn't even, I wasn't, I mean, it was my car, but you, you cannot be upset about such a thing in Michigan, right? Nope. Like, like when, when, when she got back, I said, you know, you've now been initiated basically into Michigan driving. Uh, and so then I was telling both you and Nobs about this earlier, and you both had hit deer, uh, or I guess deers, deer. I just had one. And I, I, uh, ha <laughs> uh, I've come really close uh, on several occasions. One I'll tell you about. Um, but uh, I, I don't know if it happens in other states like it does in Michigan. But boy, does it happen in Michigan. And this has especially been a bad year for it. I don't know if the population's getting out of control if, if because of COVID. Who knows? Management of the... The herds may not be there. I, I don't know, but it just well, seems like people are driving to work less, so they're hitting less deer. Oh, you know, <laughs> it, it, it could be very well be that, but uh, it just seems like there's a lot of them out there, and they're moving earlier than it seems like they used to in the past. So I I, I don't know if their territory is getting eaten up by homes going up or. If the herds are just getting bigger and, you know, they're on the move earlier trying to find food and water or whatever. I don't know, but it's it's been a bad year. Uh, and, and in this particular case, um, she was leaving the dealership that she uh, ended up buying the truck from. And they had the conversation. Uh 
be careful. The deer are especially active uh, this time of year. And, you know, it's a, it's a rainy night and that's going to make it darker quicker. And sure enough. Yeah. And they're not a smart animal. They, they, they won't avoid getting hit. <laughs> they're, they're all in. <laughs> <laughs> if they've decided they're going to cross the road, they don't check for vehicles. They just cross the road. And if you hit them with your headlights in the eyes, they freeze. Shine. Uh, yeah. Hunters know about that, right? In, in, in this situation, the, the, the deer hit her. Uh, so she never saw it. Never even saw it on the side of the road. So it must have been, you know, galloping through the woods and came out as she was going by and uh, basically hit the passenger headlamp. Uh, and uh, it, it startled her more than anything else. She never really even saw it. Like it was, it, it, you know, it was just that fast. I mean, she knew it was a deer, but you know, didn't didn't go up onto the hood or spin out onto the road or anything like that. I had something like that happen one time where I I didn't see the the deer like in front of the car. But for whatever reason, I checked my right outside mirror and a deer just missed launching into like the rear quarter panel of the car. It just missed my tail end. I never saw it, you know, as I was driving past it, but it must have had a head of steam up and it just missed the back of the car. And I caught it in my mirror. I was like, whoa, that was really close. Uh, yeah, that kind of sounds like like mine. Nobs, you 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 said you once hit a deer. Uh, yeah, I have two scenarios that really kind of stuck with me. One, I was driving home from work late at night one day, and I was driving, and I there was a deer on either side of my truck, and I don't know how I missed both of them, <laughs> but just somehow by inches on either side, missed them. Were they moving or were they stationary? Uh, they were stationary, I believe. Were they hunting targets? Were they the foam ones? <laughs> no. <laughs> they were real that's live. That somebody just sat on the middle of the road? You know? <laughs> uh, no, not to my knowledge, at least. I didn't stop and you'll know, poke at them or anything. <laughs> uh, the other one that I did hit, I was driving home, and it was in the uh, middle of the road. And I saw it, and I started braking. And at this point, it was facing to the left. Well, it like stopped, did a 180 and slammed its head into the front of my car. Like did it, it wanted to challenge your car? Like it decided it wanted to run back across the road as I was like already stopped. Oh. So I, I didn't really hit it so much as it did a 180 and slammed its head into my vehicle. <laughs> Uh, which sent it, once again, back 180 degrees in the other direction where it flopped on the ground and then got up and ran away. And I was pissed at it for running away. <laughs> uh, why were you pissed that it ran away? Because it damaged my car and I wanted retribution. <laughs> you know what happened about a month ago to my nephew? 
he was on his uh, Harley Davidson doing about 65 miles an hour. Deer jumped out in front and he hit it on a bike. And he, I thought for sure he must have laid the bike down or whatever, but he was able to um, control it and stop, but tore the deer up and the bike was totaled, but he, he didn't end up going down. Wow. Yeah, he, he was doing about 65, he said, and just out of nowhere it popped up and <laughs> he had nowhere to go. Uh, and, and so in my sister's scenario, because she's from Seattle and, you know, in, in the, uh, in the war zone of the city. Oh yeah. She, she didn't know what to do. I mean, she looked in the rear view mirror and I guess it was pouring rain and didn't see the deer in the road. Um, and so she just decided to continue on. I told her that oftentimes you'll want to see if, you know, the deer's, uh, how badly injured it is, uh, if it's still there. And I believe, I mean, not that it's law, but protocol says, you know, you, you, you call the police, call state trooper, and they usually come and put it down, usually. But I don't know what, you know, it, it, uh, n- neither of you two had to do that, correct? Well, when I had my deer hit, uh, it was on a New Year's Eve, and I went out to a restaurant out in Lapeer, Michigan, with my sister and her family, and I was with my family. We were driving in my car at the time. I had a Honda that had a real sloped nose on the front of the car, the, and mm-hmm. uh, I'm cooking along a uh, country two-lane highway. I was going about 60, I guess, and out in cornfields, basically. And out of nowhere, there was a deer. And I had always been told, don't slam on your brakes. Don't try to avoid it. Just take the hit because a lot of times, you know, your car will go out of control if, if you try to avoid it. So uh, they have those like a saying, don't veer, hit the deer or something yeah. like that. Yeah, it's supposed, supposedly safer. So this is crazy. I'm going about 60 miles an hour, right? And like I said, the front of the car is just a wedge. I hit this deer full on. The deer went up. Okay. So I'm still traveling 60 miles an hour. The deer is up above the car in the air somewhere, traveling 60 miles an hour forward with us. As I hit, start to hit my brakes, it comes down on my hood. It finally came back. So I actually hit the thing twice, launched it straight up in the air. It traveled however many feet, came back down, slammed on the hood of the car and kind (laughs) of rolled away. But uh, it was crazy. So what was the condition of the deer? uh, The deer was a bag of pulverized bones, I believe. The, uh, I, I did call a, a county sheriff, and they came out. And the first question after, are you guys all right, everybody okay, blah, 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 he says, do you want the deer? <laughs> well, I was going to get to that. I said, no, you can have it. <laughs> can. Yeah, but many people take the deer that they hit. I, I mean, I mean, you know, venison is popular with some folks, and you're allowed to do that. Or you can't hunt with your car, but... <laughs> but <laughs> but, but if you happen to bag one, you you can, yeah. Do you think there are people that actually do that? 
just buy a real old beater vehicle and then drive down country roads late at night? Yes, I do now. <laughs> I, I, didn't I absolutely be- believe that happens. I, I, I didn't used to believe stuff like that happened, but I do now. <laughs> that is hashtag pure Michigan right uh, Yeah, yeah. Well, I, 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 I did find one website that ranked states by uh, deer collisions. And uh, Michigan is not number one. We are number eight. Wow. Uh, but from 2016 to 2018, we did have a 5.8% increase in deer collisions. So we're moving up. Uh, it says one in 80. So I don't know if that means it can't mean one in 80 cars. Uh, but whatever the odds are, likelihood of a collision with a deer, one in 80. So that's what is it? Um, Maybe any, one any, in 80 travels down a particular road. Yeah, I don't want to read all this, you know, legalese <laughs> here. Um, any, any guesses at the uh, number one state? Um, probably something up in New England. Maine. Minnesota. Uh, Minnesota is 1 in 77, so they're just right above us. Um, no, nothing in New England. Really? Yeah. Mm. Uh, West Virginia is number one at 1 in 46. Really? Uh-huh. Wow. I never would have guessed that. Yeah. And, and Pennsylvania is very high in Wisconsin as well. I thought Minnesota, isn't that land of 10,000 lakes? I thought that was a good guess. Except for I don't think they have a lot of roads. Like, I think you need a lot of roads. Yeah, that's true. You, you know, all that, all that area up there, there's, there's, there's barely any infrastructure. Where Pennsylvania, you know, you've, you've got a lot of... You've got two highways that run east to west all the way across the state. But on the other hand, Montana. But maybe, you know, the population's so small that that could skew, right? One good year. And they're probably out there using their car as a, as a <laughs> weapon, too. They get a cow catcher on the front of it like an old train, you know, and just go, go hunt for deer. In Montana, actually, it's one in fifty-seven, but not on the road. <laughs> <laughs> really? It's all off-road. Wow. Yeah. Uh, so, any, hey, any guesses as to the least amount in the state? <laughs> Hawaii. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, although there must be some deer in there in Hawaii because you have a one in. 6,379 chance of getting, of hitting a deer. It's just the one that swims over every year. Uh, uh, and California must not have a lot of deer. Or at least dumb deer as we have here. <laughs> uh, not that it matters too much to this conversation, but Will my insurance go up? I don't believe so. Really? I thought it would. 
Well, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you guys in a future episode. All right. Let us know. Because I'm up for renewal, actually, at the end of this month. And, Jake uh, from State Farm? Uh, may as well. I'm sure they wear khakis at Allstate also. And that is not a plug, let me tell you. <laughs> no one likes their insurance company. No, nobody. Nobody. So for those in Michigan, I guess, driving in Michigan, beware. Well, you know that first time. Oh, I got to tell my story though before we wrap up. Oh, we'll do that. Uh, I was heading uh, north on 75 and I was on the uh, Square Lake um curve do you know what i'm talking about yep i do uh knobs I, I wouldn't really expect you to but and they, they might have they've, they've changed that a little bit because you used to exit on the left and now you exit on the right or something a couple years ago they changed all that but this is when it was that big sweeping exit from the left and then you go down uh and it's like 75 business loop and it turns into square lake road yeah and i was right, right on the curve i was probably doing 75 miles an hour and this buck comes right out, basically jumped over the hood of my car at 75 miles an hour. I mean, uh, he he probably had to be 10, 12 pointer. And how I didn't hit him to this day still boggles the mind to me. When I think about how close I was to him and I'm seeing his whole body basically kind of leaping over my car and I didn't at least clip him with the passenger side of my car, the headlight, or even the rear view mirror on the outside. Just to me, it was like, what, what just happened? And didn't hit him at all, but it was just all that close. If they had whites in their eyes, I would have seen the whites in their eyes, but I don't think they do. <laughs> Broad daylight. Oh, Really? Yeah. And this thing, I mean, I'm not a hunter, you know, but this, this was a mature buck. I mean, this thing, this thing was what, what, 300, 300 pounds would be a big one. That'd be a huge deer. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know if it was, but you know, it, it, it was enormous. Yeah. It, it would have caused some serious damage, especially if I would have, if, if he would have just hit the windshield. Well, I was just going to say that with the deer being above the hood of your car, you probably would have died because it probably would have come right through the windshield versus uh, like when I hit my deer. I, I hit it with the front of the car where it, you know, yeah. It I mean, I mean, towards like, the windshield. When, when he went across the road, he was airborne. And like I said, it, it, it my memory, it just looks like he went right across my hood. It was just spectacular actually. And I was like, I just was like, just shocked. Was just shocked flying, that he didn't hit it. Like, flying how reindeer? I, yeah. How did, I, how did I not hit that animal? Because it was just that close. Cray cray, man. Yeah. So, knock on wood. Yep. I'll tell you, the, the, the couple times that driven back from the brewery, I've been on high alert. <laughs> Because the, the first weekend that uh, Joe Reezy and Bubba and Shells and all them stop up at your place, mm-hmm. you know, right in the beginning, 
they they took 25 coming back obviously to uh, Poho and Joe Rizzi told me that they must have seen 15 18 deer coming back in that stretch she said they were just everywhere she was so worried that Bub, Bubba was going to hit one of them but didn't happen so you be careful going up there yeah you, you know i i do okay on 53 um uh, because the speed limit's lower and there's plenty of cops out. Um, and I'm a little bit, but I, I have to admit uh, once I get off 53 and I, I get on some of the other roads that can take me up there, I, I'm really not thinking about it. Like I got it floored. <laughs> um, you know, I, now at night I wouldn't, but I, I don't do the, the drive too much at night. I'm, I'm usually during the day, but uh, yeah, I, I, I get on Pinnabog Road and I'm doing 80. Yeah, I know. I know. Well, glad she's okay. And, uh, hope your car is not too badly damaged. Uh, not too bad. It's got some fur sticking out of some <laughs> some of the cracks in it. But, <laughs> you know, it's still just a pain in the ass to get it repaired. Amen to that, brother. All right. Well, you people out there in Michigan, you be careful. Or in West Virginia. Especially in West Virginia. <laughs> but not so much in Hawaii. Except for that one deer. <laughs> Watch out. <laughs> you, you just you got to feel sorry for that one deer. <laughs> Why him? I don't know if that deer is just psychotic or like, or if it's like, it could have been a suicide. In, it or if it's living in fear. No, yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, like I don't know how 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 that deer lives. Like, what kind yeah. of deer? What, what 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 kind of deer are 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 on Hawaii anyway? On you know Hawaii. what? You know what we do, Blotto? We take a road trip to Hawaii and try to find that deer. Oh, and we 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 put a cow catcher on the front. <laughs> A cow catcher on the front of the deer? <laughs> yeah. That's not how that works. <laughs> All right. All right. Now the 9.2 is really kicking in. Yeah, it is. And on that note. On that note, let's sign out. For me. Right. Oh, for me. Not for me. Boo. Noted. Fred just hates my beers. No. Maybe that's what it is. It's nothing personal other than you have horrible taste in beer selection. There it is. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's nothing personal except for it's very personal. Yeah. <laughs> I feel attacked. Uh, I, I just quickly uh, Googled uh, deer in Hawaii, uh, and I found an article uh, regarding the 2014 hunties, hunting season, hunting forecast. Uh, the state of Hawaii has both axis deer, also known as axle deer, uh, and blacktail. We have whitetail here. Yeah. And they seem to be a bit dumber. It's <laughs> <laughs> all that sun. Sun and fresh air. They're just laid back. They don't care. Okay. All right. This time we're out? Yes. We're out. Bottoms right. up. Thumbs up, out. Out. Politics, 
from culture and craft beer politics and that is why you're here politics I don't